Welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and news from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? It's going well. I feel victorious, Amy. Why do you feel victorious? Because my, my family won the Family Olympics last night at Ridgecrest. Uh, that's pretty impressive. What? I know. I know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing what you and a, a couple of teenagers can do whenever you're going against like five and six-year-olds. <laughs> I guess so. So we family have kind of Olympics. A fair advantage. We, we have a widespread so, of, of kids and yeah. it, it helps us in things like this. So this is an activity that is part of family camp at Ridgecrest? Yes. Yes, family and, camp. And, and family camp what, has been awesome, by the way. And what kind of events are in Family Olympics at Ridgecrest? Uh, well, one was one one of the most fun one was they had a kayak that they had strapped to some furniture dollies and made like a bobsled, and you had to push that down the um, bank and back. And that oh was wow, fun. that was fun. That's impressive because it it just it was fast and like you're drifting around corners and stuff and. It was it was a blast, and Parker was terrified for his life. I think at one point because he was the oh, one I'm in sure. the kayak right. while the rest of us pushed him. So that was fun, and then the old uh, the classic Oreo eating off your forehead thing, which right? I'm a little bit of a pro at. I don't know why. I think it's just uh, lack of hair and. Stuff. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> just, I don't know why, but yeah, so a few things like that, and just some little games and stuff. But uh, we 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 won. It was fun. Well, very cool. So how big is family camp? About how many families are there? Well, right now, and- the the first few days, we've only there's only been about 75 to 100 people here. Okay. Uh, it's, it, you can tell that it's growing, though, with a holiday weekend coming. So Got I expect it. a couple hundred to 300 people here this week, later in the week. And um, so, yeah, it, it's been good. It's We've had enough time to do everything we need. It's not a lot of waiting, not a lot of you know, tracking back and forth because something's already busy. We've done everything that we possibly could do, I think. I don't think there's anything we haven't done yet. So That's really cool. We've done ropes well, courses and zip lines and we did the lake, we did the pool, we did uh trap shooting, which I'm still a little bit sore from. Uh, I'm not okay. used to shooting a shotgun, Amy, gotta admit. But all right. I did hit the traps. So Great. I felt a pretty accomplished because I'm not a big gunman. But uh, yeah. I I was able to to shoot and shot well, so that was well, kind of good. Neat. Well, it sounds it sounds like family camp is a great thing at Ridgecrest this summer. Um, our family's been on vacation as well. We're still here at uh, Lake Norman in Western North Carolina, and uh, we just we have a house here. We got an Airbnb, and the kids have. Um, each have a friend with them. So there's been a lot of tubing and kayaking and uh, a lot of reading for me because that is my favorite thing to do. Yes. So. Well, that's yes. good. Anything good that you've read this week? Um, You know, I keep several books going at the same time. I'm working through, I, I've, been, I've been working on some Jane Austen stuff for uh, over the entire kind of coronavirus season. So I brought that and just kind of plugging away and doing stuff that I've had backed up for a little while. Well, that's good. So. That's good. All right. And yeah. by the way, family camp continues through July. So if you want to bring your family, there's still time for you to sign up. I highly recommend it. Our family has had a blast. My kids, they they love this. So it's Very been fantastic. Cool. The food's great. The accommodations are camp and you know, we, we have, we've had a blast and, uh, we've not lacked for anything to do and we've slept well at night. 
because we're pretty wiped out by the end of the day. I bet. It's, it's just been fun. So highly recommend it. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can find out more at the Ridgecrest website. We'll put it in the link in the show notes um, and you can check that out. So, Amy, we moved to our news. Last week, we talked about Sean Parker and the Mississippi Baptist asking the legislature to remove the Confederate symbol from the flag. Well, that passed uh, just a few it hours, did. actually, after the show went live last week on Saturday and over the weekend, the House and the Senate voted to retire the flag. The Senate voted 37 to 14. The House voted 91-23. And that is done. Now, the big question is, what do you replace it with? Yeah, that's going to be kind of the next thing. But it's been very interesting to watch this, uh, I guess, in the context of the national conversation that we are having, uh, because this isn't the first time that Mississippi has talked about this, but it's been a much more, uh, and just not nearly as divided. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just the 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 position has been clear that people were, were in the majority ready to do this. Yeah. Well, and we, we have a mutual friend who talked to someone close to this situation and he said, you know, things kind of got started with sporting events. The SEC even talked about, you know, we're not going to hold anything there. Uh, there's no pro sports teams in Mississippi, so none of the pro sports league are really involved in that. But the NCAA and the SEC had been talking to the state, hey, you know, change the flag or we're not bringing any events, you know, championship events to the state. And and we were told that, you know, things really didn't get moving until the preachers got involved. And when yeah. the Mississippi Baptist took the stand that they took and Sean Parker took the stand that he took and those who, who were with him on that day that Ken Hester, Jim Futrell and the others, it really, really changed, it changed the, tenor. the conversation. Yes. Yeah. And and it happened. So yes. um, thank you, Sean Parker, for standing up as the leader of Mississippi Baptists. And thank you, Mississippi Baptist, for that. And uh, we'll keep an eye on this and see what they come up with next. I've seen a few really neat designs, uh, some that I really like, and uh, we'll see where things wind up with that down in Mississippi. But, Amy, it's also the first of the month. You know what that means? CP. And we've got good news, Amy. We've got really good news. I know. I know. This is this is very exciting. News so, that trickled back to us and really helped our vacations. I think, yeah. Yeah. We, saw something this news. we we needed we needed a, a a high point here. Yes. So cooperative program giving is the highest it's been in three months. It is down only one point four seven percent for the year. Yes. So we had a little bit of a cushion when COVID nineteen hit and April we had 14.1 million. We got a little worried there. We're like, oh, this really dropped a lot. And then in May, it, it kind of crept back up at 14.8. So a lot of people were thinking, well, what, what's going to happen here? Is this a trend or is this just a, a blip or are we going to drop back down in June? Well, June came in over $15.1 million, marking the highest in three months and back kind of on that trajectory. We'll have to see if that plays out for July next month. But with three months left in the fiscal year, we're only down $2.1 million below budget. So we had that little cushion. We've used that up a little bit, but but things are looking good. I think we may wind up with a little bit higher CP total for the year than maybe we had expected, Amy. If we could get in $45 million or so over the next three months, which would be just basically what we had this past month three times, then we'd be over $190 million and only see a drop of around 5 to $6 million in cooperative program giving for the year, which Pretty I, good I think news. all things considered, I'd take it right now. Absolutely. Yes. yes. So, I mean, we'd love to see 196.5 
because that's the budget. We'd love to get to that. And maybe we will. We don't know. Don't know what the last three months of the year hold for us. But at the same time, this is encouraging news financially. I know churches, uh, we've been talking to churches anecdotally, been hearing, hey, we're, we're in good place. We're, we're up or we're, we're good or at least our receipts are above our expenses. A lot of churches we know that are, are like that. And, it, you know, that's kind of, we've been kind of waiting on that to trickle down through the cooperative program giving and it looks like it might be there. So I'm excited about this. I'm hoping and praying that it will hold up over the next three months and we'll be in a good spot at the end of the year, headed into a new fiscal year starting October 1st. So good news on the cooperative program front and some big news from Lifeway. They've got a new VBS theme for 2021. Destination Dig will make VBS kids junior archaeologists. This theme was unveiled this week, and uh, so they they will... I guess, kind of recreate archaeological sites of present-day Israel. Um, they're going to have uh, pottery jars. They're going to have things that are, are you know, kind of like pottery jars holding the Qumran scrolls, uh, the Pool of Siloam, Caiaphas's steps, and a first-century rolling gravestone. And that will help children get a visualization of biblical events such as Jesus' birth, miracles, betrayal, death, resurrection, and the spread of the early church. Um, so th- I think that sounds like something that will be a lot of fun for the yeah. kids. I-, I love these the the days of the week, the how it's framed out next year, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It, it talks about how Jesus came as promised. Jesus demonstrated God's power. Jesus was betrayed and rejected. Jesus died and rose again. And the Bible is true. So it walks them through the entire gospel story uh, through this archaeological kind of adventure uh, that they're going to take. So it's really, really neat. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Big VBS fan here, obviously, wife being a children's minister and all. Really crushed that we can't have VBS on site this year. We're doing backyard Bible club type stuff for our church here in July. So that's a, at least we're getting to do something. But I know VBS, I mean, it's the biggest evangelistic outreach thing that children's ministries do across the country in our churches. So this is a very, very important thing. People may think, oh, well, it's just a VBS thing. Well, no, this VBS thing allows for kids to learn in that environment and for lives to be changed by the gospel. So yeah, uh, and it really is. I mean, this this is something that people who may not, families who may not be uh, regular attenders, they may be unchurched, they still see that a church is doing this yeah. event and think that it could be a good week for their kids. And so then their kids get exposed to the gospel story. Yes. And then the and then the parents do as well when they yes. come for the kind of the end of the week event. Um, so it is a, a really, really important evangelistic event. And uh, so it, it's been tough, I know, to not have it this year for you all and for many, but this is an exciting thing yeah. for next year. Yeah, I cannot tell you how many parents my wife has had the opportunity to lead to Christ based on the fact that they just sent their kid to VBS with a friend and they weren't churched or maybe they were de-churched or just away from church for a while. And the parents are able to come back and either reconnect their faith and their family or find a new faith in Christ uh, because the kids come to VBS. So very important week in the lives of many churches and looking forward to Destination Dig. All right, so that's some news from Lifeway. Over to Guidestone, Amy, they've got a new diversity officer, Kaysen Boyd, a 14-year veteran of Guidestone, is now their Director of Inclusion 
and diversity. She'll work with Guidestone's efforts to recruit and retain a more diverse workforce. Yeah, this is uh, this is a really great announcement. Uh, it says at the start of 2020, non-Anglo employees accounted for 17.9% of Guidestone employees, up from 9.8% uh, in 2000. And so this is something they want to continue to do to recruit and retrain to recruit and retain a more diverse workforce. And uh, so Case and Boyd has been on staff at, at Guidestone, but now will come into this role. Um, she had a, a quote in the release that said, I believe my purpose in life is to help people in this day and time. We all need help in understanding what is needed to eradicate these deep rooted injustices that we see in our country and how those play out in our everyday lives. When I was approached about leading inclusion and diversity efforts at Guidestone, I saw this as the opportunity to help Guidestone show the world what it truly means to walk out Romans 12, 5 through 8. And I knew this was God's hand at work. Yes. So uh, yeah. so that's that's really an exciting development for Guidestone. And they've already, you know, uh, ha- have demonstrated this as a as a priority there anyway, not just by the, the increase in diversity in, in workforce, but lots of great um Lots of great announcements. Uh, they're, they have a very diverse board. Their board chair, Renee Trawick, is the first African-American female board chair in the SBC. And uh, so this is has been something that's been a value of not just the leadership at Guidestone day-to-day, but their board as well. Absolutely, Amy. And some good news there at Guidestone. All right, Amy, big news for a friend of the pod, Ryan Putman. He's headed back to Williams Baptist University up in Arkansas as the Associate Vice President for Academic Affairs. That's right. So Ryan Putman is a definitely a good friend of the pod, um, friend of the Whitfields. He and Keith have um, co-authored several you know, things in the past and worked on a lot of projects together. Um, so this is, is certainly exciting news for... Uh, for our friend, uh, Williams Baptist is his alma mater. That's where he graduated from. And Stan Norman is the president there. He went a couple of years ago. And so he is going to join him. He will be dean of the faculty. He will have primary responsibility for developing and implementing strategies that facilitate worldview formation. So he'll also be serving as director of worldview formation and then professor of Christian ministries. Also, he's been at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary for uh, for quite some time. And I know that it will be a huge loss there, but he goes out with uh, with their support to, to go and serve at Williams Baptist. So big, big move, um, but exciting. Yes. Exciting. So you, you know I always get confused when we start talking about academic positions. Is this kind of like a provost role, but not quite? Or how does that work? Yeah, I think so. When I read that, it says he's dean of the faculty. So that, that would be very very similar to a provost role. I don't know if they have, they may have a provost. I'm not really sure about their structure, but it would be something like that. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to figure that out. Put it in terms that I understand because I get lost. I mean, this is like, right. He's going to be a very high up leader on the academic side. Yes. So. Okay, cool. All right. Well, also some news from New Orleans where Ryan is leaving. Tyler Whitman 
has been appointed to the New Orleans faculty as assistant professor of theology. So Tyler Whitman most recently served at Southern Seminary and uh, is now a very, very quickly transitioning to New Orleans Seminary. So I had, had heard that he and his family were down there for a visit. So I was hoping that this would all work out really well. And so it was exciting to see this announcement. I don't know uh, the Whitmans, but have heard really great things about about Tyler, that he's just an incredible scholar, very gifted in the classroom and everything. So this is a great addition. Um, so even as New Orleans loses uh, Ryan Putman, they are gaining Tyler Whitman. And so it's uh, speaks very well of their faculty. Yes. And closing things out this week, some finalization of news from Genesis Park out in California. The California Southern Baptist Convention has officially sold Genesis Park to Grace Point Fellowship Church in Berkeley, California. So we'd mentioned that they had uh, gotten an arrangement for that a couple of weeks ago. They've officially sold the camp and all the land that goes with it out there in California for $1.5 million. So uh, congratulations to them and congratulations to Grace Point Fellowship Church in Berkeley on their new purchase. That's going to do it for our news this week. Amy, and bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, Blow our minds. So we're going to go to 1976. I wanted to see if we had anything interesting happening at the bicentennial of uh, our of the country. I'm and, sure we did. Well, it's a very interesting story. So it actually it actually was something that happened, I guess, next week in SBC history. But the sort of chatter was beginning. A Virginia Baptist church called Mattaponi Baptist Church. Um, served as kind of an interesting, uh, it, it, I guess, an interesting role. It served as the setting for a bicentennial musical that was filmed and shown on uh, CBS. And so they wanted an authentic old church as a setting for their special bicentennial production. And they came to the Southern Baptist Radio and Television Commission office to help them find a church in Virginia because they needed one, you know, obviously that was a lot older. So where are you going to go? You're going to go to Virginia. So they needed it. It actually served as a, a as a Church of England house of worship. That's what it, the, the scene called for. Um, but it was the, but the show was called um, Revolutionary Ideas. And it was written from the viewpoint of young people changing from British subjects to Americans. And, uh, and so it was, it says, as the play progresses and the final battle is won, the cast reflects on the cost of freedom, deciding that after all, it was worth the effort. Um, Mattaponi was built around 1690 and had become a Baptist church in 1785. And early members of the church were the parents of Carter Braxton, one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, and his parents are buried beneath the church floor. And so I actually didn't have time to look and see what all uh, was, you know, where, where things sit, where things are with Mattaponi Baptist Church now, um, but I was kind of impressed. So there was a, a basically a TV movie being filmed um, as we celebrated the Bicentennial this week in SBC history. Yeah, I just sent you a picture of it. Yeah. And it looks like an old church. But it's it, made it, out of bricks. It's made out of Flemish bricks. Well, there you go. So, so yeah. Yeah, those churches in Virginia, when we lived there, I I really enjoyed 
visiting some of those, finding some. So my favorite one, which is not a, um, it's not a, a, not a Southern Baptist church. My favorite church to visit. Well, my favorite one would be the church there in Williamsburg, um, mm. Bruton Parish. But there is one, I believe it's an Episcopal church in Norfolk, right next to the mall. Like the mall was built right next to it. It is so old. That as you are parking, I mean, you can be driving around to park at the mall and you can look up and see there is a cannonball still stuck oh, in the wall. Yes. We've talked about that before. Have we've we? talked about that okay. tr- church on here. Yeah. Yes, we have. And it is still stuck in the wall from the Revolutionary War. Yeah. And so it was always a little weird to be like, you're looking for a parking space, you're headed to see a movie or to go, you know, eat California Pizza Kitchen, and there is a cannonball from the Revolutionary War. Mm. It's a very, you know, surreal experience. Yeah. Well, Mattapony, the the fire, there was a fire that gutted the interior of the church in 1922, but it remains uh, well-preserved, and they restored it. So that that was taken care of. But today, uh, Mattapony Baptist Church houses the original wall tablets displaying the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, as well as a Bible dated in 1753. So, yeah, it's... Pretty impressive. It, old place. It, it's kind of hard to put your head around, like, things that are 250 and 270 years old in, in our country today, because uh, just we don't have that... We don't have stuff that's that old around where we live, or at least where I right. live. So... When we you know. moved there, when we moved there, we had, had just moved out of a, a, what we thought was an old house in Louisville. It had been built in around 1900, and so we felt like, oh, we're old house people. And then... I went and uh, had lunch with one of our church members one day and uh, asked her how old their house was, and it was like 1600s or something. Oh, my word. And I realized, oh, well, okay. Yeah. I don't really know anything about old houses. Yeah. This old house. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. That brings us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? All right. I'm going to go kind of niche here, like very niche. This is going to be basically... Only for either people with kids or... Well, that, that's, that's a lot of people, Amy. Or women out there my age also. who like nostalgia. Because I just okay. learned this. That Netflix is, uh, has, is debuting a new series today. The day we filmed this, July... I mean, the day we're recording this, July the 3rd. And it is based off of the childhood book series, The Babysitter's Club. Oh, they just dropped season one. It is rated TVG. So that means if you got kids, it looks like it's going to be okay. I just learned about this this morning and I don't know where I've been. Maybe I've been under a rock. I'm not sure. I'm not always on Netflix, but um, so the Babysitter's Club was a book series that came out uh, when I was in, I think I was actually in the fifth grade and the characters were in the fifth grade and I loved it. I devoured it. And there have been um, movies since, you know, that, that were made. But this one is supposed to be pretty true to uh, to the books. Like, stay really close with the storyline of the books. Like, every episode matches up with the books in order. Um, I think maybe modernized a little bit more for uh, present day. But still, same plot, same characters, everything. I watched the preview. It looks really good. So this is not going to hit every listener we have, but maybe they have, um, uh, you know, kind of adolescent girls, or if you're like me and you read it when you're a kid, I'm going to watch it. So that's my, 
That's my random niche nostalgic resource of the week. All right. Well, that, that's neat. Um, it's amazing that they dropped that opposite of Hamilton dropping today. Yes. Yeah. So, which I'm I'm looking at my Disney Plus account, and my kids have already been watching it this morning before they got up, or I Fantastic. guess they were already up and they were watching it. I didn't know they were yeah. watching it. Fantastic. But yeah, they were streaming it, I guess, on on somebody's phone or something. So, yeah. All righty. Well. My resource of the week is an article this week that we had at Baptist Press from Derek Allen, who's the senior pastor at First Baptist Tillman's Corner down in Mobile, Alabama. And they had a COVID-19 outbreak at the church. And he wrote an article on what to do when you have a COVID outbreak at your church, which that's something that I think we're going to be dealing with more and more in uh, coming, yeah, coming weeks. Yeah, it seems, seems like as this sort of expands into places that it hasn't been, all of us might be facing that. Yeah. Uh, so, we, we all have that risk. So. Yeah, he said one week from the time you received the first phone call reporting symptoms of somebody in the church, they had more than a dozen people showing symptoms. And wow. it, it was just like, boom, just just spread faster than they could ever um, ever realize. And said so when two weeks in, the numbers are growing faster right now than they were at the first week. So it just like blows up in the church and it, it, this is going to happen. Uh, I mean, we've, we've seen this. We, we had that first wave back a few months ago, and now the second wave is like, it seems like it's going faster because I, I think people have just, you know, uh, it, it the second wave has just taken off again. So, um, it, you know, it's just something churches are going to probably be dealing with, and I, I think it's probably best for you to read something before it happens than right. try to be scrambling yeah, and so trying you, to find something afterwards. It's kind of like the rules of, you know, crisis management, crisis communication. You really need to prepare for it before it happens so that when it happens, you don't have to ask, what do I do? Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, check that out over at Baptist Press. And, and thank you, uh, Derek Allen, for writing this, as well as for all that you're doing down there at First Baptist Tillman's Corner and leading that faith family. So uh, that's our show this week. I've got to get done and get back out to family camp. It's horse riding day here at Ridgecrest. And um, Amy, you've got a, a lake to look at, I guess. Yes. Uh, yeah. And the, and I think the, I think the family's headed out for one more round of tubing this morning before the boat has to go back. So, uh, so it's, it's going to be a good last day here. Yeah. All right. Well, folks have a great fourth. Read the Declaration, read of, the Independence Declaration of Independence to your family. Yes. 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 Like Amy, or, or just have Amy read it to you whenever I post the SoundCloud tomorrow. That uh, thing and, is old. Like I did that. That's been goodness. That's hey, been six or seven years. Since more than I did welcome that. to put on a powdered wig and give us a nope. video version anytime nope. you want. We'll stick with that old SoundCloud. Okay, sounds good. All right, see you next week. See you next week.